with the 103rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Davion Taylor, linebacker, Colorado. If there's one word I can use to describe Davion Taylor, it would be explosive. Welcome to On Defense. My name is Jordan Malik, and we are continuing with our series of breaking down each of the Eagles draft picks. The past two episodes, we've talked about Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts. Now we are talking about the third-round linebacker out of Colorado, Davion Taylor. So as I said, Davion Taylor, the number one thing that pops out about him is his speed. And he translates that into explosiveness in all kinds of ways. He hits hard. And adding explosive players has been the recurring theme of this Eagles offseason. But first, let's start with the negative. The biggest thing that's come out about Davion Taylor has been how raw he is. He's a very raw prospect. Played a game and a half in high school, but that was due to religious reasons. But he gets to college. He actually goes to community college for two years, where he continues uh, uh, with track. He was a champion sprinter and triple jumper. So he goes to Cahoma Community College, where he played two years. And then his junior year, he transfers to Colorado, where he starts 10 games, and he gets 52 tackles, 9 for a loss, 1 sack, 3 pass breakups. Then his senior year, same thing, 10 of 12 games, became all Pac-12. He had 8.5 tackles for a loss with 69 total tackles. And he led the team with 7 pass breakups. He continued his he continued to play track or to, to run track with Boulder where he finished sixth in the hundred meters at the PAC 12 outdoor championships. That's speed. It's one thing to be fast on a football field. It's another thing to be, to be able to be fast on a track because those people, all they do is run. Whereas football, there's other things, you know, like you gotta, you gotta be able to hit. You gotta be able, if you're a wide receiver, you gotta be able to catch. You get, there's a lot more to it, whereas track is as beautifully simple as just running. Let's go back to his high school story, which I find so, so interesting. He grew up Seventh-day Adventist, which means that they he can't do anything on the weekends. So he couldn't play on the Friday nights. He had to be off the field by halftime because of it. So he didn't play much in high school. But then once he got to college, he he changed with, you know, after talking with his parents, he he changed his religious beliefs. He, He changed his worship, which that really says a lot about him. That says a lot about his love for football. Because that's one of the three questions that Howie Roseman would ask about every single player that we're going to add to our team. Those three questions, if you aren't familiar. One, is he healthy? Davion's been pretty healthy throughout his career. Number two, is he fast? Heck yeah, he's fast. And then three, does he love football? I would consider someone changing their religion to to be in love with football. I wouldn't question that. So besides his raw ability, 
he, you watch the tape and he looks like he's still learning the game, which is okay. He's he's just a kid. You know, he he's just now starting his professional career. So he's got a ways to go. But he has things that you can't teach, which is why I'm ecstatic about the pick. I'm really happy with it. There were two negatives coming out of this. It was, one, he hasn't played enough football. And two, there were other linebackers on the board that are more complete, more get day one ready. The biggest name that came out of, that came out of those conversations was Troy Dye out of Oregon. Troy Dye, he's a great prospect. But the reality is he's coming off of injury. He, he played through a whole season with a torn meniscus. That's toughness. But some scouts had some questions about his work ethic. Whereas with Davion, you don't get that. His coaches rave that he is so coachable. He just takes to the game. He loves it. Whereas these NFL scouts with Troy Dye, they're concerned about him being able to, to deal with the NFL grind. I don't know whether that's unfounded or not, but that says a lot that those questions are even being raised. Whereas with Davion, it's not a question. It's really not. The only question marks with Davion are just that he doesn't know the game enough yet. I actually have his NFL draft and combine profile up. Uh, It was written by Lance Zerline. His weaknesses? Hasn't played enough football yet. Substantial ground to make up with technique and fundamentals. Slow to keying diagnose. Lack of awareness turns him into a block magnet. Remedial hand usage prevents consistent stack and shed. Losses contain responsibilities. Move to star position provided mixed results. Too many busted coverage assignments. Not very instinctive to squeeze the route from zone. Not one of those things are anything physical. They are all mental. Those are the best places where you can have weaknesses. His, his, he can tackle very well. He's fast. He, he's tough. Those are things you cannot teach. You can teach him how to play zone. You can teach him all these little technique things, all these technical details. He's going to gain awareness the more he plays. That's the whole reason he really fell this far is just his inexperience. But what it, when he has these really good plays, when he has those flashes, he has a very high ceiling. That is the best thing about him. That is why I love this pick, is that, that high ceiling. He ran a 4-4-9 with the 40-yard dash. This guy can move. If you have seen any clips on Twitter about Davion, or clips in general, I'm sure you've seen the clip from the Oregon game. Running back runs up the middle towards the left. Get a, breaks away from everyone. It's a guaranteed touchdown. But then Davion's catching up. He enters from the right of the screen. He's ch- he chases him down. It, it was unbelievable speed and hustle. Stops him at like the 15-yard line. It wasn't even like he stopped him at the pylon. He caught up to him quick. He's an unreal athlete. We'll go into the rest of his combine results. 21 bench press reps. That's pretty good. A 35-inch vertical. 127 broad jump. I would hope so, considering that, uh, that uh, how good he was with the track and the triple jump. 6.96 three-cone drill. 
4.26 20-yard shuttle. He, he's, he's an athletic freak. And that is something that has been missing from the Eagles linebacker core. We look at our recent linebackers, even going back to Jordan Hicks. He, he wasn't an athletic freak. He was very good. He was a cowboy killer. He would always have an interception against the Cowboys, which is great. Love one of those big game, big plays and big games. But there hasn't been that physical, that just he's everywhere. And Davion Taylor can be that. Once he learns how to shed blocks a lot better and to become this unblockable person, he can be everywhere on the football field. And he's not that small either. He's six foot two twenty-eight. He's a little he's a little undersized for a linebacker, but he's still a big person. Let's go into his strengths, uh, written by Lance Zerline. Former track man with rare long speed and closing burst for linebacker, explosive traits for rapid growth with additional experience, able to range from opposite hash and get in on the play. Surprisingly loose hips for a former sprinter. Has the talent to make plays in front of him. Aggression inherent in his pursuit and engagement. That's what I'm going to loop back to. Fearless to stick his nose in and make his mark as a striker. Wrap, lift, and run tackler. Leverage and power point of attack should come in with more coaching. Athletic ability to match tight ends and man coverage. I do have to say, from watching his tape, for someone who's only played football for about five years of his life, his tackling technique is very good. I'm the same age, roughly, as a lot of these prospects. When, and we've been playing football for our whole lives. And when we're really young, like I started playing football when I was six years old, I think, maybe even younger. When we're, when we're that young, we're, we aren't taught the best technique. The whole reason I, I ended up quitting once I had my first diagnosed concussion. Uh, my, my mother wanted me to quit, so I was, you know, it's my mom. I can't, can't fight with her. A week before, my high school coach, he, we were doing a tackling drill. He told me I was tackling wrong. I was always taught by my dad, who he played, he played high school. He played a little bit of college. Put, put your shoulder in the gut. This high school coach comes up to me and calls me an, an effing idiot. He's like, no, you're tackling like an effing idiot. He told me I have to get my face in, his, in, the, in the ball carrier's face. I was like, what? Didn't make any sense. Week later, I get a concussion. It is what it is. But the whole point of bringing up that little story is that we don't get taught the best technique when we're young. And that shows sometimes in a lot of these lifelong players where just once in a while they'll have that really sloppy hit. We see it sometimes, you know, like uh, the first one that comes to my mind is Ryan Chazier. It was heartbreaking, everything that happened with him, but it was awful, awful tackling technique. You have to keep your head out of the play. And he does a, he does a pretty darn good job of keeping his head out of the play. I've noticed. That's something I always look for. But let's loop back. Aggression inherent in his pursuit and engagement and fearless to stick his nose in and make his mark as a striker. That is 
probably the biggest part of his game. He's a thumper. Thumper is a com- common term, and I don't even think that does it justice. When he gets a hit on a guy, he smacks them. And there's going to be a few hits. I, I could see it as soon as his rookie year. There's going to be one or two hits where that's going ha- to light the city up. I'm talking Sheldon Brown on Reggie Bush. He, he, will, he is that kind of punishing hitter. So because of that, there's a lot to look forward with him. I, I think it says a lot about our coaching staff. I think we have to really be looking at what the linebacking coaches are going to be doing. The Eagles, for the past decade, have gotten a lot out of nothing at the linebacker position. It's, it's been truly remarkable how little assets have been invested in the linebacking core. So now we're going to really see what Ken Fajoli can do because Davion Taylor is about as good of a prospect as you get physically in the modern NFL. But again, he, he doesn't know the sport. He hasn't been playing it his whole life, and that shows. Of course it shows. You can't teach instincts. You acquire it. You gain it over years and years. It's muscle memory. You play a game once a week. So for someone that only played 24 games in the Pac-12, you can't expect instincts to be developed at a high level over 24 games. But there's still a lot to like with this pick. This is something we should be very excited about. So his prospect grade with uh, with the NFL is 6.18. That's a good backup who be- could become a starter. I think his ceiling is higher and his floor is a little bit lower. So I think that's a very fair grade. I think that his floor is that we're not going to see him a lot as a rookie. You know, I could see somewhere in the area of 20 tackles for the season. But two of those 20 are going to be really, really promising hits. They are going to be all over Eagles Twitter. They are going to have us so excited for this kid's future. And I think he could he could probably make a, a very sizable contributions on special teams. He has special teams all over him, and I'm sure Dave Fipp is excited. A fast linebacker who can hit hard? Can't ask for anything more from special teams. Really can't. And special teams is a lot simpler. It's easier to learn. There's less of it to learn. Whereas, you know, as a linebacker, you have to learn all these different plays, all these different zone coverages, and how to play man. He's he's decent in man coverage. He really just struggles in zone. Zone is knowledge. When you're playing man coverage, a lot of it is really just basic technique and physical ability. What makes Jeffrey Okuda, who went third overall to the Lions, so good in man coverage is his physical abilities, is his ability to keep up with the receivers, and his ability to just to truly just stay with them. Sure, there's the mental ability of recognizing routes, but a lot of these great defensive backs who excel in man coverage, they are they just react. 
there is no they're not there's not really a prediction to it you know they line up and they see the play they analyze it and they're like okay i might recognize this they have a feel for what kind of route they're going to run you know if they're in the slot and they recognize the specific formation they're like all right maybe he's running a drag but then once they come out they know they're just reacting if it's a drag he they turn to to the inside he already knows he's right on top of them he's covering that drag route they process information so fast. And Davion's smart. He's smart. He's picking the things up from what, I, from what I've watched of him. He picks up, he's picking up the game well. He just struggles with the, the recalling. That's what it is. Because that's a lot. You know, I can't, you can't blame him for that. But I, I hope that him not having to worry about classes, him just being able to be a football player is going to help a lot with that, as it should. That's actually one thing that doesn't get talked about enough is that these football players, they still got to go to classes. The other night, was before the draft, I believe, uh, I think it was on ESPN, they were talking about Joe Burrow and how he had such an advantage because he had graduated already and he wasn't in classes. Yeah, actually, like, that's a huge advantage. Like, Joe Burrow would just come in and watch tape all day. That is such a huge advantage at the college level. And I'm excited for Davion to now be free to do that. He gets to just be absorbed in what he loves. I'm happy for him that he gets to do that. One thing that's been discussed with around Davion Taylor because of his struggles and how small he is should we move him to safety I look at him and don't think it would be the worst thing but I really like him as a, as a linebacker I really like him up front he is six he's only six foot but he plays bigger than that he hits harder than that he hits with every single one of those 228 pounds they can even bulk him up more if they want. But when the whole issue with him is being able to understand zone coverages, that's what gives me a lot of pause with making him a safety. Sure, it's easier because safety coverages are typically, there's less of them and they're a little bit more simple. You know, because if you're playing back, so everything's in front of you. I just think it would be, very easy to take advantage of him and also that prevents him from seeing the field I would much rather him be the third linebacker which I think he might be he might already be like our third linebacker a little scary I'd rather him be our third linebacker than our fifth safety just get him on the field get him to learn including the unsigned draft picks. There are seven linebackers in total on the Eagles roster. And I could already see Davion being ahead of a few of these guys. He might be third or fourth after TJ Edwards, Nathan Gary, and maybe Jatavius Brown. But we're seeing a lot of these smaller and quicker linebackers. The biggest linebacker we have is Alex Singleton at 6'2", 240. The other linebacker that we signed, Sean Bradley out of Temple. 
He's 6'1", 230. These smaller linebackers are really helpful because of how much of a passing league it is. Jatavius Brown is 5'11", 220. Long story short, once Davion is able to understand zone coverage, he is going to be very, very good in pass coverage because he has the physical abilities to be all over the field. And that's something that we've been missing for so long. Jordan Hicks was the closest that we had to that. And even that, he he was successful as a middle linebacker. Yeah, that was when we were running three linebackers, really, too. We started running three linebackers last week. Keep, you know, uh, I think the, the nickel is our base defense, really. The Eagles really only start two linebackers. So Jordan Hicks being able to do as much as he was able to, it was it was really special for the time. Jordan Hicks ran a 4-6-8, 40-yard dash. There was also 20 reps at the bench press. So Davion has that strength that Jordan Hicks had plus speed that cannot you can't grow speed. You can't really get much faster. You can't take a slow player like T. Higgins or Alshon Jeffrey and groom them to be fast. That's just not that's not how biology works. That's not how you can make them faster. But there is no way that Alshon Jeffrey, you could give him, put him in the hyperbolic time chamber from Dragon Ball Z. There, there is not enough training in the world that Alshon Jeffrey could do to beat Deshaun Jackson in a race. There is just not. Or Jalen Rager. Davion has the highest ceiling, I believe, out of any of these draft picks that we've taken. Kayvon Wallace, who we're going to talk about next, talk about him tomorrow. He is really, really exciting. Especially the last time we were uh, we drafted a safety out of Clemson. That worked out pretty dang well. But I think, actually, I see a little bit more of that feisty Brian Dawkins from Davion Taylor than Kayvon Wallace. Kayvon Wallace, he's physical and all. He's a, he's a good, he does a lot of things really, really well. He's a Swiss Army knife. I think he will be a staple for our defense as soon as next year. But Davion Taylor, I see I see that animal in him. There are a few plays where it comes out. I think the consistency is key. And I think as he gets more and more into the game of football, that inner lion that's inside of him is going to come out. And it's just about unearthing that. He has that weapon X in him, for lack of a better term. But since we haven't seen that, he's not going to be the next Brian Dawkins. He's not going to be the next Chuck Bednarik. He's not going to be. He's not going to be the next Jordan Hicks or whatever. He's going to be the first Davion Taylor. I think he's someone that we're not going to see a lot from this year. But down the road, depending on how much Ken Fajoli is able to to work with him, he can be special. He can be someone that we look back in four or five years and we'd be like, wow, there were so many linebackers taken in front of him. There were so, how did he fall to the third round? 102 players were taken before him. It's all a roll of the dice. 
And that is a big, that's a big part of what all this is. This really comes down to Ken Fagioli. Ken's a good coach, but Davion Taylor has the ability to prove if he's a great coach or not. And on that note, that's going to be it for today. Thank you for listening to On the Fence. Once again, my name's Jordan Malik. Talk to me about what your feelings are about Davion Taylor. Let me know what you see from him, what you see his future to be. You can do that on Twitter, at O-T-F-J-O-R-D-O-N. Let me know what you're thinking. I'm always happy to do these, and I'm always even more happy to have these conversations. Davian Taylor, he's rough, but you find diamonds in the rough sometimes. So tomorrow, we'll be breaking down Kayvon Wallace. And until then, stay safe, stay happy, and fly, Eagles, fly.